us out into the deep blue waters of the Mediterranean. It seems to stand apart from the rest of the Côte d'Azur. An air of mystery has hung over it since the 14th century, when people spoke of it as a nest of robbers. Even its casino, which opened in the mid-19th century, was said to have been haunted by an evil spirit that lured men to their ruin. More recently, Monaco's glamorous city, Monte Carlo, had become the sun and fun spot of the rich and famous. Prince Rainier's reign had brought the diminutive principality great notoriety and prosperity, in part because of his marriage to the American film star, Grace Kelly. Caroline had great pride in her parentage and her lineage. Yes, Monaco was only 1.95 square kilometres, but it had survived centuries of wars and had remained independent. Since the Grimaldis first had seized Monaco, from the Genoese in 1297, the line of succession, although their rule had been interrupted several times, had been unbroken. Caroline had led an international life, educated in England and France, married first to a Frenchman, then to an Italian. She had split her residence between Paris and Monaco for years, and was conversant in six languages. The sea was calm the day of Stefano's funeral. The heavy gold cross around the neck of her stark black dress glittered in the bright sun. A black lace shawl covered her head and fell over her shoulders. The Grimaldis started up the steps of the cathedral, hundreds of floral wreaths lining the way. Fourteen members of the Cabinieri, the palace guard, dressed in white ceremonial uniform, mounted a guard of honour as the coffin was borne into the cathedral filled with over 700 mourners, among them Madame Danielle Mitterrand, wife of the French president, the actor Alain Delon, the designer Karl Lagerfeld, and Prince Faoud of Egypt. The Grimaldis occupied the first pew facing the coffin, and the Requiem Mass, celebrated by Monseigneur Joseph Sardou, Archbishop of Monaco, was an hour long. Stephanie wept throughout, but Caroline sat erect. If she shed tears behind the dark glasses, they could not be seen. The actual burial service took place at the Chapelle de la Peuf, a few hundred yards from the Clos Saint-Pierre, Caroline's pale pink villa that she and Stefano had decorated together. Only the intimate family were present to see Stefano laid to rest in his red and white pilot suit. Days and weeks passed, and Caroline remained cloistered at Clos Saint-Pierre. She walked twice a day across the ancient cobblestones to where Stefano was entombed. Added to her grief was a terrible and growing anger. He had died with their children still marked illegitimate. Her father's withholding of the four million five hundred francs he gave annually to the Roman Catholic Church had not managed to budge the church authorities. Still, at heart, Caroline was a true Grimaldi and not about to give up the fight. The Grimaldis had endured longer than any other European monarchy, including those of Great Britain, France, and Russia. Keeping the Grimaldi line intact was, therefore, of utmost importance. The early history of the Grimaldis is entangled not only with the wars of the Genoese, but with the quarrels and hatreds of other Italian republics. Whenever there was fighting to be done, a Grimaldi laid his hand on a sword and led his followers into battle. Monaco's position was exactly suited for the role its rulers were content to play. 
a huge, bare rock with precipitous sides. It was connected with the mainland by the narrowest strip of ground, and its strategic location jutting into the Mediterranean made it a place of much importance. Its inhabitants, small in number, were cunning providers skilled in the arts of defense. If their territory did not produce corn and wine, these rovers knew where to find such supplies without paying for them. Free trade was their rule, and they never paid import duties. Centuries before the Grimaldis took possession of Monaco, Hannibal, in his struggle with the Romans, used its port for his fleets. Caesar anchored his ships there. After the fall of the Roman Empire, it was ruled by the Germanic Lombards. When they were driven out by Charlemagne, it became a prey to the Muslim tribes of Saracens, and, in subsequent years, it was a vital fortress in the constant conflicts between the Guelphs and the Ghibellina parties during their protracted clashes.